going on, everybody? This is the Workrate Podcast. This is our AEW Double or Nothing review. I am joined once again by Brad Hardcastle. Brad, how you doing? I am quite full. I just ate dinner right before we recorded, so I'm ready to go. How are you doing? Very good. I had, I also ate. I had a burger. I had some ice cream. I'm drinking a beer. If you hear the beer can, that's what that is. <laughs> um, I had the... Leafs versus the Montreal Canadiens on in the background, but now the Leafs are down to nothing, so I turned it off. Um, yeah, I don't want to watch that. <laughs> um, Put you in a bad mood. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't been as much of a Leafs fan as I used to be, so not as much. But I just, yeah, I was just like, well, I don't need to distract myself by a game they're losing. If they were winning, <laughs> I it would be more interesting to to have on the background but it's not the case so let's uh well let's just start what were your initial thoughts of last night's uh pay-per-view um i loved this show i thought it was really good top to bottom there was excuse me there was one match i didn't like the outcome of we'll get to that but yeah i'm sure everybody can predict that one yeah (laughs) other than that i I thought this was a really stellar show one of AEW's better shows um yeah, I, I liked it from top to bottom. What'd you think? Yeah, I loved it. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was excellent. Very much like you. There's a, there's one match I didn't like, and I legit only dislike it because of the booking. Yeah, the match itself, I actually thought I'm actually higher on it than most people. Mm-hmm. When I've yeah, been I, looking I around. enjoyed the match itself, just the indeed of it. I was like, yeah, when, yeah, when I'm looking around, seeing the reactions, I'm just like, oh, people were a little harsher on the match as a whole than I was. Actually, thought it was quite good. Um, I w- I enjoyed it until the end, and kind of saw the. Had I been a betting man, I would have actually bet on the outcome that happened. Yeah. So it, it wasn't a surprise to me. It was just not what I wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will get there. Um, yeah, I thought the for me personally, and I haven't watched every pay every wrestling pay per view this year because I only watch one and a half companies right now, and that is AEW and New Japan. Um, and yeah, this is probably my favorite pay-per-view of the year, I think. Yeah, it might be mine too. I, I'd have to think about it, thinking of the other shows, but it's this or like Wrestle Kingdom Night 1 for and me. And that's the thing, is that Wrestle Kingdom, I was thinking about it, I was like, oh, Wrestle Kingdom is this year, so that you do have to put that into consideration. Absolutely. <laughs> The one, the one, very, very significant factor is the goddamn fans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh they, my goodness. Yeah, it was so good to have fans back in a full capacity. It, it like, I think we had just gotten kind of used to it. It's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. There's no fan, at least to me in my head. Like, I kind of gotten used to it, but man, it's sure. such a difference. It was night and day difference. Like the fans. We did not do a, a a recording for the Friday Night Dynamite um, because it just didn't work with our schedules. But the uh, that the fans even elevated that show, which honestly was a very it was almost a house show mm-hmm. le- yeah. level with the matches. There was really nothing there. To, there's yeah. nothing to see to sink your teeth into on that show and it was still an absolute joy to watch because of the fans and because of the atmosphere and 
sort of perception is reality. Mm-hmm. The fans can really make it seem like a big deal when it's just friggin' Cesar Benoni versus I don't even remember who he faced. Darby. Darby was Allen. It Darby? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which was which was an absolutely nothing match. Mm-hmm. And that was fun. And yeah, so the fans were the absolute key for this. And a huge theme of the night, I thought, for this show was they waited to pull the trigger on many different um, wrestlers to -hmm. give them their moment until the fans came back. Yeah. And you could tell that they were waiting. And there are certain things that they waited on and they pulled the trigger on like three or four different people in this show. And it was it was honestly magical to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was was really cool. Mm hmm. But yeah, it was a lot of fun. Fans, of the... Are fans going to be at all Dynamites and um, stuff from that one? I believe so, if they're live. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I've heard is that not every show on the road will be a new city. They will have to go back to Jacksonville mm-hmm. every once in a while as the as the country continues to open up. Not all places are open. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they won't always be able to tour, but they, I assume they're working on the schedule. Yeah, so I assume they're working around the clock to try and they, they can come here to Oklahoma because uh, I'm like the only person that's still wearing a mask whenever I go into places now. So oh, they will say, forget yeah. it. I'm not wearing a mask anymore for sure. Boomer Sooner wants to go back. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, um, Jr. Definitely. They'll go back. They'll they'll mm-hmm. go to all the southern states. Yeah. Um, they they announced a few uh, pay per views. They're doing Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, for All Out that was announced. That is in September, I believe. And uh, Full Gear September. is in November. Mm-hmm. That is in St. Louis. Yes. And uh, so Chicago's fairly East Coast. Or is it mid? I don't know. I don't know what you guys consider it's Chicago. Midwest, I think, is what they consider Chicago. Oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's a big wrestling town. Yeah, and, the, and like they can... They can go to New York, as I'm, pre- I'm quite sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know what their uh, what their indoor stadiums situation is like, but I know they're starting to lift things. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, this is this is very cool going forward. But let's get into these matches. Yeah. Um, so we started with Serena D versus Riho in the beautiful sunlight. Yeah, like, that's cool. It looked cool. It looked like this shit was shot on film. It mm-hmm. looked so nice when they started. I was like, oh my god, why does this look so beautiful? And it was because of, they were like essentially wrestling in the golden hour. Yeah. It was really cool and like uh, you could like see all the sweat on them even better with all the sunlight hitting them and stuff. It was really cool visual. Yeah, so this was this was funny. You wouldn't necessarily think of this going into it, but this was the nasty, nasty heel in D versus mm-hmm. the ultimate babyface in in uh, in Riho, which yeah. Deeb's really, really leaning into that now, that mm-hmm. heel persona, which is one thousand percent. I'm just going to drag and screw your legs until they fall off. Yeah, yeah. And they, the commentary even played it up. They're saying, you know, she's a yoga instructor, so she knows which ways to bend that can make you feel good or can hurt you and stuff. I, I like loved. That. That bit. I don't know who's. Mm-hmm. I think it was Jr. Yeah, 
that brought that up. Fucking JR. He comes out with a gem every once in a while. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, this is why you're still hired. Yeah. Because you come out with these that no one mm-hmm. else is going to, no one else is going to talk about. Yeah. So everything was leading to that serenity lock. I thought these two just went back and forth. Just an absolute banger of a match. Serena Deeb looked incredible. Um, yeah. She had the same strategy that she had. She was on this past Dynamite, I believe. Or was it the week before? The week before. The week before, okay. Where she she targeted the knee, and when she couldn't get the Serenity Lock, she freaked out. She was slamming the knee into the ground and then getting the Serenity Lock in. And she tapped out Riho, which is tough to watch because it's fucking Riho, and you don't want to see mm-hmm. Riho tap out. So that's that gets you some nice heat. Um yeah, I thought uh thought this was easily the best opener they've ever had for a pay per view. Yeah, this is and it's awesome that it was on the uh kickoff show, so probably a lot of people were watching it like cuz on YouTube and all that stuff. So that's really cool that a lot of people got to see it. Yeah, I thought I thought this was this is just excellent. Mm-hmm. I thought they they really showed out. And yeah, it's just a an absolute perfect start to the show. And then for the official start of the show, we had Hangman versus Brian Cage. And the same thing. These guys just went out there and just tore it down. Cage came out in his cyborg armor, which was cool. I don't know if you saw that. I missed it. I was going to say, I got to confess, I waited way too late to try to order this. And they don't have it on PlayStation anymore. So I was scrambling, trying to figure. So I'd end up having to watch it on my laptop. But So I missed like the first probably five minutes or so of this match yeah so he came out in his cyborg armor looks super cheesy i'm not gonna lie it does look cheesy but it's the first time he's done that and i liked it kind of Mm -hmm. felt kind of felt big game when he came out in it even though it kind of looks like costume stuff um i'm sure he makes it himself (laughs) yeah cage came out without his team which Mm -hmm. was significant and uh taz was on commentary and he was not happy that cage was coming out without his team um hangman came out and got a huge pop mm-hmm. like he was massively over like to the moon massive yeah. like like he came out and it was like the pandemic had never happened for hangman mm-hmm. which was amazing because the thing with the pandemic is you never really knew who was over yeah and, that's that's a, another cool thing about the show is like like when we get to the battle royale, like all the dark order guys are super over now and stuff. And it, it's like such night and day. Cause I remember when they first would come out, like people were like, what the hell is this? But now everyone loves them. And yeah, we will. I'm when we start talking about the casino battle royale, I will talk more about the pops that people got than the actual, mm-hmm. than the actual match. Cause that's almost, but that's almost what's more most interesting about yeah. those matches. Um, but yeah, it was like, cause when hangman, came out like he was huge he was hot we were going into blood and guts he was in the middle of that of his destructive drinking angle that he was having with kenny Mm -hmm. and then the pandemic hit and they kind of they cooled him off and this is sort of what i'm what i've been referring to is they kind of cooled off and didn't pull the trigger on lots of guys and i think they're starting to finally pull the trigger on singles hangman mm-hmm. um yeah so anyways he goes out there and he he's amazing um they are just 
they're like two superheroes going at it. They just look like a million bucks. The turning point in this one for Hangman was he hit he was getting he was getting abused again. It was like, oh shit, is Hangman gonna get run out of the building again by Brian Cage? Nope. He hits the Euro Horror Moonsault. He gets a big hurricane runner off the top rope, which was cool. That, cause that, he, that's when I came in. That was the first move I saw of this match, so what a way yeah, to start he went up, when I started watching. He starts the hurricane run off the top rope, but Brian Cage catches him. He's like, No, we're not going and Hangman's just like, Oh yes, we are. And it was almost it was like if there is such thing as a deadlift hurricane runner, that's what this was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like a deadlift like hurricane All runner. ab power on the hurricane runner from Hangman. It was really cool. Um like, yeah, Cage is such a moves guy. He's got mm-hmm. all the moves. Every he's got moves you can't even think of. He's got moves for every muscle on his body. Yeah, it's like he's still uh it's gonna sound like a negative, but it's not. He still mm-hmm. wrestles like when he was in PWG, like just move, 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 move. But I I like that kind of stuff, so it doesn't bother me, but it's it's just yeah, like he's he's a moves guy. Well he's even said, I'm Mr. Get My Shit In. Mm-hmm. Like he says yeah. that about himself. He's like, Yeah, that's me. I'm Mr. Get My Shit In. That, and that's, that's who I am. With a guy like Cage, that's what you need because he's not the best talker. So no. you just need to have him come out and just do all the impressive shit that he can do. For absolutely, you know, just, that that'll get him over more than any talking. Yeah, the, there was a beauty suplex to the ramp by Cage. Oh man, that was nice and looked gnarly as hell. He also he hit the silly looking spinning power bomb. I was just like, what? Is like he's a video game. Like he's just yeah, he's like a, he's a superhero. In one of the old like SmackDown versus Raw games, that was my finisher. In like he's the, Zangief. The spinning power bomb. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. Too. Yeah, he's yeah, Zangief. Definitely. He's just straight yeah, up doing Zangief moves. Yeah, he like, just needs the... a full on mohawk because he's kind of got the facial hair, he and he'd just be Zangief. Basically, has it already. Mm-hmm. And just start wearing nothing but red tights. And so he, the finish in... of the match is, or. Where this match really starts to get interesting is Cage goes for to hit Hangman with the buckshot, and Hangman reverses it into hitting into hitting Brian Cage with the F five, and he gets a near fall, and and I guess Taz had contingency plans because Hook and Starks mm-hmm. come out, and obviously Starks not getting Starks isn't getting involved, but Hook jumps up on the apron, Starks throws the FTW title into Brian Cage. He grabs it, but he's like, I'm not using this shit. He throws it back out to him, and Hangman Page takes advantage, takes advantage, hits the buckshot lariat for the one, two, three, and then afterwards, um, Brian Cage is mad. He's yelling at Ricky Starks. He's walking up to him. Ricky Starks is tapping his neck. He's like, like no, 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 you can't touch me. My neck, mm-hmm. you can't touch me. And then he shoves Hook, and we're like, oh, shit. They're pulling the trigger on this, too. Yeah, and Taz was pissed on commentary. Yeah, when Hangman won, he goes, he's like, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it, uh, too, when uh, Cage went for the uh, Buckshot Lariat. Taz on commentary is like, we didn't talk about this. What's he doing? Uh, so, yeah, I really cool. like that in a lot of big Hangman matches, he ties, they always tie in the moves of the person he... He'll do the move of the other person and vice versa, and he'll do mm-hmm. moves of his friends. When yeah. he, I mean, this man doesn't exist anymore. But when he was facing uh, the young bucks with Kenny the first time, he did the chicken wing, which was um, 
uh, Marty Squirrel. I can't remember his name. Um, yeah. Marty Squirrel. <laughs> he did Marty Squirrel's mm-hmm. finisher um, in that mm-hmm. match. And yeah, they do. Uh, and he's he's going for the one winged angel against Kenny. Like he he you can tell that he puts together a lot of his matches because mm-hmm. all these spots tend to recur. It's not a recurring Kenny Omega thing. It's a recurring Hangman thing. So yeah. I like that he has a. Uh, he has little things that he puts into his big matches like that. And yeah, the the reaction for him. And I've heard from people online, like all the um all the analysts and podcasters, they've been asking people who are at the show, like, who got the biggest pops? And fairly consistently, it's Hangman and Jungle Boy got the biggest pops. Nice. nice. Like those two guys in Kingston. Who we will talk about next because the next yeah. match was Mox versus Mox and Kingston versus the Young Bucks. Um, why don't you talk about this to start? Uh, this was uh, a lot of fun match. Uh, the uh, Nick and Matt came out kind of looking like the same person. We were watching this together and it confused the hell out of both of us. Like, wait, is that Nick? Wait, that's Matt. Which one's which? Because Nick's like lighting his hair up to where it's like a like an orangish color now. And then like, but he grew a beard out and dyed it real dark. So he, and it like, I always thought they kind of looked the same, but with a beard, like they could be twins. Like it was like, it was really hard to tell them apart for a long time. I was like, what is happening right now? It was, it was so really funny. I couldn't me. get over it for the first mm-hmm. 10 minutes of the match. I couldn't stop talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's too funny. Uh, they, and they came out in like ridiculous tights. I thought they were Tommy Hilfiger tights at first, but then, Watching the match, it had like patches on like it looked like a, a drawer, like you're when you sketch out the tights you want to make come to life because it said like pocket here and stuff on them. It was just it was they just look ridiculous like they have been. But even those pictures of them at Fan Fest looking like um like I don't even know what you'd say look like drapes or something. They look like riffraff. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that right. Yeah, like riffraff. Yeah. But then you got Mox and Eddie coming out to Wild Thing, uh, carrying the Bucks shoes, and uh, the crowd's going absolutely nuts. They're swinging the shoes around, and we thought they threw them into the crowd at first, but then they came back and picked them up. So, my God, I when I thought that John Boxley just fucking yeeted one of those shoes into the crowd, I lost my mind. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish he did just fucking chuck a shoe into yeah. the crowd. <laughs> just... I imagine the oh, Bucks man. probably be mad about that. Like, hey, that's my. <laughs> yeah, this there the hair, Nick Jackson's hair and beard, is the most self-aware thing I've ever mm-hmm. seen. It's so funny that they just leaned. He's leaning so far into it. Um, I, I want him to go further. I was telling you that last night. Like, I, I want them to like just get real weird with it. I don't know how you do that, but that's what I like. They like, he's trying kind of like Matt does when he tags himself in, like but the opponent side and stuff like all that weird stuff like <laughs> just keep going that route like just keep making it weirder and weirder. Oh man, yeah, just the thing with them is, it's I forget who it was. I think it was Sean Waltman who said that uh, the booze and the spitting and like like throwing beer and all that stuff that for this generation is being dragged on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Like that, that 
like that's the new way of generating heat is is through social media and they they're doing it to a t like they there are people there are people that i follow that i interact with online that i'm i'm fans of their work and all that stuff that you guys tweet about the bucks two times a day mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. like, like you, you say like, <laughs> talking about how much you hate the bucks every day you're just like oh no I, they're, they're getting changed the channel heat from me you're like you tweet about them every day yeah i yeah, run see... i run an aw podcast and i don't tweet about them every day yeah i'll see people like four p- posts in a row character limit on the post like every day about how much they hate the young bucks. It's like, if I hated something that much, I just, I wouldn't give it the time of day. So they are they're, just the, they're, they're the most incredible modern heels. Mm-hmm. They, they have people hook line and sinker and that they, they create their, their ring gear based off of their shoe colors. Mm-hmm. It's so funny to me. Like they come out with like expensive Jordans, and their ring gear is completely color coded to yeah. the shoes, which just draws people in to hating on their shoes. Once again, it's just the greatest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And the the fans were booing them last night too. I, I didn't think they would. Yeah, they were they were booing them heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so. Loxley and Eddie come in. They come into Wild Thing. I was a little disappointed that the fans weren't singing Wild Thing. Come on. It's not that hard to sing that song. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Um, but they were loud. They were extremely <laughs> loud. I heard from quite a few people that were there that it was deafening in that place all night. And um, that is, that's a notoriously hard crowd to mic because it's <laughs> outdoor and it's not... You're not it's surrounding the ring too. like you are yeah. at, at most sports venues. You're all on one side, so uh, it's a it's a very interesting place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, this match this match is awesome. This was a fantastic Young Bucks match. One thing that I thought was very interesting was that the Bucks focused so much of their offense isolating Moxley. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought they would target Kingston more, but they targeted Moxley, which was very interesting. And another thing that I, like, it it gave me shivers and brought tears to my eyes hearing the Kingston chants, hearing, yeah, the, hearing the Eddie, so Eddie chants. Mm-hmm. He's never competed in front of a crowd like this. Not <laughs> once in his life has he been yeah. to a crowd like this. He was about to retire when he came in on a whim that one time to face uh, Cody, that was during the pandemic. We mm-hmm. didn't even have like a hundred fans in the crowd at that time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was amazing to see um, the good brothers interfered in this match. Then Kaz came out uh, for the they save. They called him he, the elite hunter. Yeah. He came out and was just, just beat the shit out of uh, Anderson and, mm-hmm. And Eddie did a running cannonball off the apron onto onto Gallows, which was awesome. Um, yeah, Eddie came in with like just the best hot tags. His hot tags were like, come in, chop, 
suplex brain buster <laughs> like very different hot tags than we're used to just like he yeah. came in and just like my hot tags i was like choke you the fuck out yeah he'll just come in and beat you up like it's not super flashy it's just i'm coming in to get this this shit taken care of and it's so much slower than normal than, than mm-hmm. most hot tags and that they did the dior device which is yeah. the dior yeah. day device which was really cool which was the do obviously it's the doomsday device but holding the dior i love that they had the the shoes draped over the uh, over the ring posts, like they were like telephone wires. Was yeah. cool. Um, there was John Moxley at one point. He got the they hit him with the super kick party, which is like the they each get the super kicks and then they do the double one and they go down to pin him. It's not a near fall. He kicks out at one, mm-hmm. and he's he's bloody at this point. I think he got hit in the head with a Matt with through the cold spray can at his face. That's okay, yeah. Open. So he was busted open, and he powers up out of one, and they just did a like a rack zoom on his face, <laughs> and just yeah, like his like his blue eyes with the crimson mask, like it was mm-hmm. just. And they focused they on for like his ten seconds. He yeah. looked amazing, um, but yeah, the Bucks focused on Moxley, hit him with four BTE triggers for the win. Um, Again, I was super surprised they went after Moxley because uh, Kingston's been selling that leg for 10 years. <laughs> Just as much as Matt sells his back, Kingston sells his knee. Yeah, Kingston's been selling that shit forever. And he was selling it in this match, but they went after Moxley. And I kind of really like that. And I'm thinking that this may mean that Moxley is written out for a bit. Yeah, because uh, his... Renee's probably about to pop. <laughs> She's got to be close. Yeah. So he's so, probably going to take some time off to be with the family. And and that makes sense. The story's run its course. Um, mm-hmm. Like, what does a tag team do after they lose to the tag champions? It's like, yeah, they're not going to feud with somebody else now at this point because they're not really a team. They're mm-hmm. going to be a team every once in a while. I think they probably will win the belt at some point. I can see that down the line, but not yet. I can, I can see Mox taking a couple months off to hang out with the fam and stuff, and then come back, and then they can continue this. Because I really think he's supposed to be written out after the exploding barbed wire death match, but they've had to shift all that around. Oh man, I apologize. This beer can is really loud. <laughs> it's crinkly, <laughs> clang clang. Um, yeah, I'm super intrigued to see what the Bucks do. I don't know mm-hmm. who. Yeah, because I don't know. I was just thinking, I was like, I don't know what teams. Like, there's, what, there's like, two teams that come to mind, but I still think they're going to be busy with each other. We'll get to that later, but that's FTR and. Uh, yeah, they're, they're definitely. And they Santana or going with those guys. But maybe they could do Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus, maybe? That's possible. They haven't done anything with them. I mean, we'll, well get to Jungle Boy here in a little bit, but. Yeah, they could tie it. Like, the Jungle Boy thing is an easy story to tell after the match that's <laughs> coming up for him. We'll get... Actually, let's let's get right into this Casino Battle Royale. Um, right off the bat, I have to say that I don't like the format of the Casino Battle Royale. I find it both hectic and confusing. Yeah. Which, as, which is a very strange... It's, like it's 
Whenever know, they like, explain the rules, it's more confusing. But when I'm watching it, I, I'm not that confused because it makes it makes more sense when you see it. Yeah, it's like, but when they start explaining the the three, the four, or however many groups come out at each time, you're like, "What the hell is going to happen?" But once you see it, you're like, "Oh, okay, this makes a lot more sense." It makes more sense now. When they first did it, they just mm-hmm. had like four guys run out of the back. Yeah, like they just yeah, threw them out. This there. time, like, each person like, were these got guys. Their- each, each person got their own interest. I think they did that too because it's first time back at crowds. The only thing that confused me at first was tag teams can come out at the same time if like you're in a tag team and you're both in the same group because uh, first you Matt Hardy came together. Yeah, well, when Matt Hardy and um, I forget who came out with them first, uh, one of the private party dudes. Oh yeah, I, I thought he was just like one of the. I think Isaiah came out with them. Yeah, Isaiah. I just thought he was because. I totally forgot they're wrestling in like street clothes now. And like, I thought he was just out there to help interfere in the match. And then it, it was like, uh, somebody was trying to eliminate him. I was like, Oh yeah. Tag teams can come out together. That, and that makes more sense. I was like, well, he's not even in this match. Why are you trying to eliminate him? I think it was jungle boy trying to eliminate him at one point. And I was like, why are you trying to eliminate? He's not in this match. And then I was like, Oh yeah. They're tag team. They're wrestling in street clothes. Now it makes sense. Yeah. Cause really like why people are excited for battle royales and like this is the case in the royal rumble they're all hyped for the entrances who's Mm -hmm. it gonna be who's it gonna be and when you condense all of the entrances to the same time you're kind of just putting all the exciting things at one time and then you have a longer stretch of boring and Mm -hmm. it's all the exciting things at once now longer like i think just do it like the royal rumble i think they don't want to do that because they don't want to get compared to it and it's already I, compared to it. Yeah, that's true. And then they definitely don't want to do just the traditional battle royal where everyone is just already in the ring. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's boring. As the, mm-hmm. it, it's not working as they're doing it. The Royal Rumble is better, so just don't do the worst version of it. Just that's true. Sometimes you just you just gotta ape it and be like, well, yeah, that it works, so we're just gonna do it too. <laughs> well, I, I saw, I heard from somebody. I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been What Culture, where they said. Just have the names come out from the little roto thing, and then that's still gambling, and you're fine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, like you, uh, have, you it be, the bingo, have it be a random bingo thing. battle royal, and then do a little. Bingo I don't know. Thing. It's uh, <laughs> but yeah. So this, as I said, how why I like this match and why I find it interesting, and I only find it interesting with fans because when there's no fans, you don't get this. Is you really get to see who's over. Because mm-hmm. this aren't these aren't these are a lot of mid card guys and sometimes even lower card guys coming in, guys who were extremely over that I was really that I was really happy about was Evil Uno, super over. There's yeah, an Evil Uno champion came pop. out. Mm-hmm. Like he was very over. Varsity Blondes came out together, super over. Um, they were the ones that got the reactions that I took the most notice of. Ten again. Uh, Dark Order got a very big reaction. Mm-hmm. Jungle Boy over the moon and back. Yeah, like his, it's was... especially now with his new song in the crowd. Like I, that's what I've been waiting for. As I wanted to hear the crowd sing his song. Yeah, his was otherworldly. Over um, mm-hmm. the Joker for this match was a shock. Um, mm-hmm. It was not Paul White as I had predicted. I thought that was almost a shoe in at this point because they normally they will say leading into the casino battle royale that oh yes it will be um 
a new person to AEW that you have not seen before. They will often say that heading in, even if it's not big. They said that when it was Matt Seidel too. Mm-hmm. Um, but they didn't say that this time. So I thought for sure, I was 100% sure um, Paul White's new music was going to hit and he was going to come down from the announce booth and be the Joker. It was yeah, not him. It was I really thought so too when he came out to announce in his suit. I was like, oh, that looks like a tearaway suit. Like he can just get up and rip it off. It was Leo fucking Rush. Mm-hmm. That is so cool. I love the Leo Man Rush. of the Hour. It was awesome. Yeah, he's so good. Um, that popped me so huge. Um, it was amazing to see him out there. I hope he sticks around. It, they've revealed since this time that I don't know how signed with them he is, but apparently he's signed with New Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, but because of the relationship between New Japan and AEW and how they're working together, um, Leo Rush has a handshake agreement where he can come in whenever he wants and he can he can come in and wrestle with AEW. They want him there. Apparently, um, Tony Khan tried to get him last year for the Casino Battle Royale, but he was in that show, The Challenge, mm-hmm. for a bit. I didn't even know he was in that, the MTV show. Until just now. <laughs> um, apparently he was in that, and he left because of personal reasons. But, uh, yeah, I guess, uh, yeah, they've been trying to get him for a while. I love Leo Rush. He came in. He's doing he's doing his Matrix move. Yeah, he I was say his Matrix fantastic. move. He was only in there for, like, four minutes. He was mm-hmm. not in there long, which, again, to me means, okay, they don't have him signed. So they came in to get the pop, to get the excitement, but they're not focusing on him right now. Mm-hmm. And um, the handshake agreement, to me, says it's similar to a Pillman or a Thunder Rosa, where they want to use him, but they legally can't sign him to a contract. So yeah. they just have to handshake agreement and be like, yeah, we want to use you, but we can't sign you and... You're probably not going to be in a major storyline. And that being said, look at Thunder Rosa. So That's true. Thunder Rosa and has been in major storylines. It was Matt Hardy that eliminated him. And I could see a, a feud with him and the Hardy family. That'd be Totally. Good. Absolutely. And Hardy uh, tweeted about it afterwards. Um, because, oh, I didn't see that. What did he say? I can't, I can't remember, but it was like... He's he's like a he's like oh I'm I'm glad you got your you got like your four minutes oh yes the man of the hours is like <laughs> so glad to see you in another company um he's he's like oh happy to see you it's it, it was good seeing you and uh, now off you go mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, another person that was uh, super over to get back to that that surprised me was uh, Caster when he came out yes yeah. Actually, both him and Bones, they both got big cheers when they came out. But uh, it was cool to, like, people were really into his rap in the crowd and stuff, and his rap was good. About Talking about how Christian was better when he had some edge. Oh, my God. That yeah. was really good. Yeah, he he hit on the first two lines, the first two guys, and then the, the line that he had against Dustin Rhodes did not land, and then he just didn't even do the fourth one, which was funny. Yeah, he didn't say anything to Hobbs, though. I, I'd be scared to say anything to Hobbs, but... <laughs> I um, liked what he said to Sidell too, like, uh, you're in another battle royal, I better not catch you slipping or something like that. Yeah, that's I was funny. like, that's that's good. Those <laughs> first two, I was just I went I went to do a bathroom break and I popped out as soon as I heard his music. <laughs> I was like, What what? So yeah, so to tell people you and I watched this together <laughs> last night, we uh 
we were in the Google Hangout watching on our two separate streams. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, that's how we watched it. And mm-hmm. yeah, so Christian was in this, and I think everybody and their mother thought Christian was going to win. He was the first one. guy out too. The first music they played, I was like, "Yep, he's winning," because his outwork everything. But they did a good swerve. Yeah, he was the easy the easy bet to win this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as you said, his gimmick, his phrase is outwork everyone. It makes sense. Um, I could have bet you any money that it would be him and Hobbs as that's and really Jungle Boy and probably the Joker as the last four. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when Hobbs and Christian took each other out in the middle of it, like when they were laying on the floor for a long time. I was like, oh, they're definitely winning. Or they're definitely the final two. Yeah, so the final three was um, Matt Hardy... And Christian and Jungle Boy and Matt Hardy and Christian had like a really nice interaction with each other. It was other. so funny. You, you talk about doing this all, one. Yeah, Matt Hardy doing all the old five second poses that Christian and Edge used to do. He's like, come on, do you remember? And he's doing all the poses and like Team Extreme and the tables, ladders, and chairs. Like he just tried to like, you remember all the times we had? And then uh, Christian just threw him out. <laughs> yeah. And Christian's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, you and I will throw Jungle Boy. And then as soon as he turned his back on him, he threw yeah. him over the rope, which is funny. I hope, I kind of hope this doesn't lead to a Christian versus Matt Hardy match because. I don't think that'll be very good. No, it won't. At this stage, I hope they yeah. can um, show some restraint there. I think they're going to do Christian and Hobbs a little bit longer because mm-hmm. Hobbs got eliminated by Christian. Yes, I I hope so. I hope Which would so. be good for Hobbs to work with Christian a lot. Yeah. So we had Christian and Jungle Boy, and you could see the respect between the two of them as they're eyeing each other up. Um. They're, they have a back and forth, and Jungle Boy, he almost gets eliminated. He gets shoved out toward the ropes, and he does one of my favorite sting spots of all time, where he grabs the pole and he swings. Or I think he was on the apron when this happened. He got shoved. Yeah, he grabbed the both pole on the apron. He swings around the pole with his arms and then slides in underneath, and that is a slight variation of something that Sting did way back in the day against Rick Rude um, mm-hmm. in WCW that was so fucking cool. Um, there are gifts of that. It's very cool, especially in like the early 90s when yeah. it happened. Um, and then Jungle Boy gets back in. He eliminates Christian, which was a shock. And I absolutely loved it. And Jungle Boy got the, again, like Hangman Page. And this is, we're going to be talking about this a lot. They finally are pulling the trigger on Hangman or on Jungle Boy. This is like, okay, Jungle Boy's now a main eventer. Mm-hmm. Like, he's now stepped up into that level of the company. Or at least this is how I see it. He got the massive pop, uh, Luchasaurus and and Marco Stunt come out. They're celebrating with him. Marco Stunt was crying. The fans were going crazy. They're all swinging their arms in time to the music. It looked like mm-hmm. it looked like it's such uh, a amazing visual. It looked like Queen uh, doing that yeah. performance with the with the clapping hands mm-hmm. and everyone singing to the music. Just amazing. And we're getting this Jungle Boy title match in two weeks on Dynamite. Mm-hmm. They didn't say what day of the week it'll be because um, subject to change if somebody gets eliminated from the playoffs, they might not have a 
a basketball game that Wednesday, yeah. so then they could do Wednesday. Next week's show is a Friday. Two weeks' time <laughs> is to be determined. But that's very yeah. cool because I had, I think most people had thought that the winner would face Kenny at a, it would be Christian facing Kenny at, at like Fighter yeah. Fest or something. Yeah, that's what exactly what I thought too. And then also at the end of the match, Christian comes back in and hugs Jungle Boy and tells him like, you better go win it mm-hmm. and stuff, which was really cool to see too. Yeah, because Jungle Boy, he essentially represents everything that Edge and Christian represented back in the early 2000s. <laughs> like, Jungle Boy is them then. So yeah. it's really it's really cool to see this, to see the passing of the torch, which <laughs> uh, we saw that a few times. Well, actually, no, we didn't see that. Tonight. We've already seen that with Sting and Darby, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, cool stuff. I wonder when they're going to... Finally decided to do Christian versus Omega. It's coming. It may still mm-hmm. happen at Fighter Fest. It probably maybe still at Fighter is. Fest. They, that that may be the main event for Double or Nothing, and they hold off for Hangman until um, they could the November show. I think the, I think they got to do Hangman. He's riding so high right now. That's true. That's very true. And you know, yeah. Anyways, who knows? I like to me Christian seems like a the like super show type. Mm-hmm. guy as opposed to the pay-per-view guy like yeah. kenny versus christian doesn't necessarily sell a pay-per-view mm-hmm. whereas hangman versus kenny you're doing record buys yeah okay so next we have everybody's least favorite segment on oh, the show God, here we go <laughs> so i'm gonna lay into uh Cody a little bit here, but I'm going to have a little bit of nuance because I actually didn't dislike the match. Yeah, I, like, I I like the match fine. And, like seeing what a go-go can do was really cool, but just yeah. that outcome was like, come on, guys. Like at, at first, again, I couldn't quite hear what was coming on the screen and I saw, like they they did the, uh, the Memorial Day uh, celebrating the troops. <laughs> they had veterans out there and it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. That's but when I, also, I realized, oh, yeah, Cody's definitely not losing. I, I just realized it, like at that moment that is Memorial Weekend. I was like, he's not losing. Yeah, and I was like, okay, so they're... And they had a quote from General Patton on the screen, and they had a silhouette that looked like Cody, and I was like, are they positioning Cody as General fucking Patton? And they mm-hmm. weren't, thank God. But I just... It was... But yeah, you could tell like it's like okay, they're gonna get people all patriotic or patriot patriotic patriotic <laughs> and cheering for the flag and for the United States, and then Cody's gonna come out and they're just trying to roll with that wave. And it's just like I don't like what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. And Cody came out looking like the colonizer version of fucking Homelander, which yeah. I don't know how you can make Homelander look worse. Yeah. But it's yeah, it like, like a revolutionary war type coat, but it had like the Homelander shoulder pads and like the American flag look to it. Yeah, just, you oh, look like fucking he Homelander has, looking. He has to know he looks like Homelander. <laughs> he looked like Homelander looking like he's about to steal somebody's land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like Homelander on a boat with a stupid fucking wig. Yeah, Homelander got it in a time machine and went back to like 1400s yeah <laughs> it was terrible like, i was like what are you doing like this feud did not need this um mm-hmm. it com- the feud was good the feud was about cody um 
and Cody and QT and QT betraying him and taking his trainees away from him and forming his own thing. That worked. That really worked. I was 1000% into that. And Agogo being the top star of that group. And this was supposed to be Cody putting over Gogo. And I still, like, a lot of people will think that he didn't. I still think he did. However, what I hated about the match, even though I thought I thought Gogo looked really good, especially oh, for... Oh, he looked his, great, especially his, for how little he's been wrestling. Like, he had a lot of good moves, and all his moves look crisp and clean, so... Yeah, the the one thing I didn't like was how how strongly they've been putting over... Agogo's punches as knockout power where he just knocks out everybody and it's TKO. Mm-hmm. Cody took like 10 of them. Yeah. Like this was the prototypical Cody that this is the uh the Pentagon arm snap all over again. Mm-hmm. Like you need to protect the finishers of these guy. You can't put people over if you're not protecting their finish. Mm-hmm. If you're just taking their finish and then beating them anyways, you're not really putting them over to the extent that you could be. Cause I, I thought the match was great until like, I don't know. I was really, I was really um, entertained by it. I thought what he was. Dr- <sighs> yeah. I don't know. They should have done. <laughs> they should have done the Apollo Creed. Cody yeah. should have died out there. Yeah. On the ground. And if you would have come out in like a big goofy American top hat, and stuff like that, it'd, it'd probably been a little easier to swallow the whole patriotic thing. And but him come him coming out looking like that, it's like, no man. No. Yeah, but then then the finish, which is the vertebraker, otherwise known as the cop killer, <laughs> um, yeah. which was which was made famous by Homicide, a person of color, and he did it on a black man. Well, dressed like a fucking colonizer. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. I saw online somebody said he won by, uh, uh, crap. I just lost the word. Never mind. Forget what I said. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just a brain dead moment. And there, moments like this in shows completely, and they didn't completely take the crowd out of it because you can't completely take that crowd out of it. Good because it's the first show back. There, you're never going to completely take them, but the the volume of the crowd got noticeably quieter mm-hmm. on the telecast, like noticeably from that point on. And it took two and a half matches for it to come back. Yeah, and for people at home, immediately, you know that now people aren't focused on the show. Now people are focused on Twitter. They're focused on their socials, seeing what people are thinking about what Cody's doing about this. Now people are distracted. Mm -hmm. And like for me personally, the next match after this, I didn't start paying attention to until like halfway through. Cause I was still fucking flabbergasted at what I just saw Cody do. Mm -hmm. And I was on Twitter and I was looking at, I was fucking doom scrolling about Cody. Yeah. (laughs) And lots of the Homelander gifts when Cody, after the match for Cody. You could tell that the crowd was noticeably quieter. And I've heard that, no, it was still loud, but the volume was lower. Mm -hmm. The energy was lower. Um, 
the next match was good, but the the pop would have been bigger. And I've been listening and reading and like taking in a bunch of different opinions on the show. And yes, they said that from Cody and then into the next two matches, there was a lull in the show where it was noticeably quieter. And you can attribute that directly to Cody and his mm-hmm. ego. Yeah. Um, there was one good take, and I hope that this is what they're doing. I heard the one of the guy I can't remember who it was, on Wrestle Talk. It could have been Ollie Davis. He said that, or they said that their hope is that this is a very self-aware clever way of turning him heel we're like they're literally turning him heel the way homelander does where homelander thinks he's mm-hmm. the hero but he's actually the villain yeah and that uh he doesn't uh come to that realization until like season two or until like the end mm-hmm. of season one when he finally figures it out and he does focus groups which mm-hmm. cody's been talking about he yeah so if they're doing that where they're doing a slow build to him being the delusional face who thinks he's the face but he's actually the heel and eventually he goes that route then this is genius mm-hmm. but yeah. the most i'm hoping of, yeah we can look back on it and be like oh it's actually it all makes sense now but that's wishful thinking mm-hmm. the, the most likely scenario is this is cody rhodes he's patriotic to a fault and it's fucking memorial day <laughs> Yeah, anyways. So, uh, next match. Miro versus Archer. Um, I thought this was fantastic. Oh, I love this match. It's two big meaty men just throwing each other around. Again, I, I had to go. Moves and... I had to watch this a second time to truly appreciate it. Because for mm-hmm. the, this match only lasted about ten minutes. And for the first five minutes of it, I was still thinking about fucking Cody. Yeah. Um yeah, so Miro came. Yeah, but out. this match going ten minutes is is great though, because that's all you really need for two sure. big dudes like this. Just ten minutes of power moves and uh, one of the funniest spots I've seen in a wrestling show in a long time at the end. But <laughs> oh god, I died! I fucking <laughs> died. Um, so Miro comes out. He looks fantastic. Um, and again, despite Cody deflating the crowd, he was still able to get over with the crowd. They were mm-hmm. still cheering for him, even though. A little less than they probably would have been. Um, like this is just a pure, like really, really athletic hoss fight. Like yeah, super athletic, straight from the get go. Archer flies over the top rope with a tope before Miro mm-hmm. can get in the ring. So you're like, okay, this is one of those matches. Mm-hmm. Um, Archer's he's just beating down Miro, and nobody's done that to him at all. Um, and he gets Miro down for a one count. Outside the ring, Archer puts Miro through a table with an Urinagi. Um, Miro, Miro belly belly to bellies Archer into the crowd and mm-hmm. then back out of the crowd yeah. <laughs> as well. Which is, this is Archer that he's doing that to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Archer Archer's, is giant. That's insane. He did mm-hmm. it to Darby and that's one thing. But now he's doing it to Archer. Miro just looked... And from this point, Miro just looks like an absolute killer. He reminded me of Chong Lee from Bloodsport with the vicious <laughs> kicks that he was giving yeah. Archer. Where he was, 
Archer was on his knees and he was holding Archer up by the braid and kicking him in the chest. Mm-hmm. I was like, holy fuck. This is some stiff shit. This is it's like it's the yes kicks, but from a man arch from a man Miro's size. And then and then Jake the Snake comes down the ramp and he's got the snake bag. And just to clarify, there's no snake in the bag. Yeah, the, the bag's not moving at all. It's just like a sack of something. It's a sack of tennis balls. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got he's got the bag, and he goes to get in the ring with the bag, and Miro grabs him, pulls him in, he rips the bag out of his hand. And then he just starts shaking the bag, which is kind of funny. It's like, oh, he's shaking around the snake. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And then he takes the bag, and just fucking chucks it down the stage into the tunnel. Yeah, he made it all the way in the tunnel. <laughs> like, oh my god. He just fucking yeeted that snake. Yeah, he threw it so far and he just like poses to the crowd. It was hilarious. I was fucking howling. I was laughing so hard. It was so good. Um then Archer uses that distraction to get a choke slam and a pounce on Miro. But Miro's able to take back control with his that ridiculous head kick that head pump like jumping super kick fucking thing that he does. It looks disgusting. Mm-hmm. Then he attempts to get the game over, which commentary put over that Archer has actually had back surgery within the past five years. Mm-hmm. Um so his back is already weakened before hitting it. But Archer's able to able to power out but Miro does what he did before grabs Jake by the braid and just starts kicking him in the back and then he gets the full extension game over where he he rolls onto his back yeah the thing just causing Archer to pass out due to pain and I have on this list this is probably my match of the night it's not but that's just how much I loved this match watching it the second time yeah it was really good it was a lot of fun Short and sweet, and just two big dudes beating the hell out of each other. Like it was everything I wanted it to be, and even with the even had a really funny spot that I didn't expect. So <laughs> that makes it even better. Uh, it felt like a sprint, even though eleven minutes isn't quite a sprint, but it felt like that because there was mm-hmm. no wasted moments in this match. They were just yeah. going at each other. Um, I think Archer even, yeah, he hit him with the walking the ropes, and then. The moonsault. Moonsault mm-hmm. off of it. And that's what got the one count on here. Yeah. Just a one. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Miro looks great with the TNT belt. I have a feeling he, he might have a like a long reign with it because I don't see anyone beating him for a long time. I hope he doesn't. Um, the one troubling thing I heard from one person was that maybe this is where Cody goes next. It's like, don't fucking dare. Oh, man. Don't you yeah, dare. They can't really do the patriotic thing now because Miro, he's an American citizen. And he he makes no bones about it. He loves being an American citizen, so they can't do the the patriotic thing about it. It's like, don't you do that <laughs> shit? Don't you do that? Mm-hmm. If he does that, then Miro will kill him. Yeah, or I will yeah, kill cause, him. Because I've seen him go, Miro go off on people on Twitter like. Assholes on Twitter will tweet at him like, what are you doing in America? He's like, I'm a U.S. citizen, bitch, and stuff like that. It's funny, but... (laughs) It's really good. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, next we had Sheeta versus Britt. Um, This was so good, too. What did you think of this one? I like this match a lot. It was... uh, 
awesome to see both uh, Sheeta and um, Britt get the adoration from the crowd that because they've both been killing it mm-hmm. this past year with the pandemic and no crowd. So that was really good, and this match was was really good. I liked it a lot. It, I don't know if it's as good as the one where Britt broke her, her, her nose, but I don't know if that match was so good just because Britt broke her nose in the match, and that's a cool visual. But I like this match a lot. I had a lot of fun watching it. What'd yeah, it was uh, it was good. I actually, I kind of like you. I didn't think it was either of their best matches, or even really in the top three of either of those two re- of these two wrestlers. Um, I thought it was a good match. I mean, that's about like I think partway through it, I I think I asked you, I was like, is this match lacking a little bit of intensity? Mm-hmm. I was like, this match doesn't seem as fiery or as violent as it needed to be, considering the storied history of these two. And yep. I kind of thought that Britt was going to do something crazy to get the fans to boo her, knowing full well that that stadium wanted to cheer her. And mm-hmm. they know that, despite her being the biggest heel in the women's division. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting. She's very much Adam Cole's wife. Or are they yeah. husband and wife? Yeah, I think they're just dating, but they're they're, I know dating, they live together like, stuff. They're the cool heels that never mm-hmm. get booed. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do like that she got cheered because she's been put in the work. And I also like that she got just as many cheers too, like because people recognize like what she's been doing for the past year. So yeah, that's really good to see. They had the dueling "Let's Go Sheeta" DMD chants going, <laughs> mm-hmm. which was yeah. I loved. Um, yeah, Britt was out there in the blood themed gear, and Sheeta yeah. was in the white gear. Which I thought that she was. I thought how she was going to get the heat was she was going to make Sheeta bleed, which she's mm-hmm. never done in AEW to get the, to get that sympathy on Sheeta. She didn't Man, do that. A visual to see Sheeta bleed. Yeah. So, uh, as I said, I thought the match lacked a little bit of intensity, but I thought that this ramped up near the end when Sheeta just like stepped up the stiff blows. <laughs> at one point, she just uh, just charged at uh, Baker, got her down, and was just like raining stiff, heavy um, forearms and elbows on her, and. And at this point, uh, Baker countered with her devastating Super Dragon um, curb stomp, and she did that directly on the uh, on the belt, which was just so brutal. And <laughs> and uh, Rebel threw in the sequin glove, which she put on, which had the the red sequin blood on it, which is really <laughs> nice. And her gear, I didn't realize, is a uh, reference to Scott Hall. Yeah, which is really cool. His old NWO gear. Because uh, I saw there's a photo that she posted afterwards, her interacting with Scott Hall, and he's got that. Uh, he's wearing that jacket. <laughs> so that was that was really cool. That's where this comes from. So I like that. Um, obviously, Brit winning was the right decision to be made <laughs> here. Um, and this is one of those moments, like Hangman, like Jungle Boy, where they were waiting for the packed house. To mm-hmm. finally put the belt on Sheeta, this was her moment, yeah. or not on Sheeta, is... on Baker. This was this was that moment for her, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and Tony came down and gave her a hug after the match and stuff too. It was really cool. Yeah, Tony came off commentary, met her at the tunnel, gave her the big hug because both in kayfabe and in real life they're best friends, mm-hmm. and I think that's really cool, 
especially the age difference there. It's just, yeah. it's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure he's like a big father figure to her backstage and stuff. Yeah, yeah just, and then the crowd chanting, thank you, Sheeta, while she was still in the ring, too, which was really good to see. Yeah, especially after uh, the horrible treatment that she had mm-hmm. um, from the uh, that guy in the Spanish announce booth mm-hmm. on uh, Friday. Thank- thankfully, Tony stepped up right away and fired him less than 24 hours later, so that was nice. I won't even say his name. Um, yeah. Yeah, so the sheer amount of banger matchups that they have for Baker is amazing going forward. So they have, like, this is just off the top of my head, but Hirsch, Statlander, Conti, Red Velvet, Rosa, Swole, you can run back again. Because Swole has beaten her. Um, <laughs> she beat her. Didn't she? She beat her in that <laughs> kind of bad um, dentist match oh the dentist thing yeah 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 she did that she, was she got the win there i'm pretty sure swole beat her um mm-hmm. yeah those are all faces that can yeah. now face baker and i think it's it's absolutely time to build the division around her and start focusing on some more women's storylines and mm-hmm. i think i it feels like the women's division is now going to be focused on her and Jade for the foreseeable fo- future. Mm-hmm. And all the storylines will sort of run into those two, or at least that's how I yeah. would do it. And you can have problems that they, those two kind of have to win. So you don't really want to be feeding them people. I mean, you can feed Baker people obviously, because you can feed the champ challengers, but cause like you don't want Statlander taking a bunch of losses, but yeah, yeah, there's there's just so many, so many really great faces there now that you, they've got a really strong division, and who we could not say that at all a year ago. Yeah, yeah, and, and now with the pandemic over, like we saw Riho back, so they could hopefully bring over more uh, of the Joshi women. So that'd be good too. Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even mention Riho. Yeah, yeah, you got Yuka. You got yeah, there's so much. Mm-hmm. There's so much to play off of here. So it's really good. Uh, where do you see Baker going next? Uh, I'd say Statlander. Yeah, Statlander's a good feud. one. Because mm-hmm. uh, Baker beating somebody doesn't really hurt them so much mm-hmm. because of how big a star she is. Like Statlander yeah. losing to Baker doesn't really hurt, whereas Statlander losing to Jade would hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hirsch losing to Jade would not hurt, and that match would be amazing. Oh my god, that match would be like, I don't know what the female equivalent, what you'd call a hoss fight for women, but that's what that match would be. It would be like, it'd be like that image of uh, that, of the, the the famous artist Twitter account where he drew um, um, almost getting suplexed by, <laughs> yeah. uh, by Malcolm uh, Bivens. Yeah, where almost his legs are still on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, the, the suplexes that Hirsch would give to Jade would be ungodly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be like trying to suplex a seesaw. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, oh, my God. This next match is so fucking cool. Um, this was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, yeah. The, I was not expecting the, to have the this much fun in this match. In this, um, 
the noise during this match was incredible. The crowd, this is where the crowd was fully back. Mm-hmm. Sheeta versus Britt got the crowd back, like by the end of that. Yeah, they match. started get. Yeah, the end. The crowd started getting back into it a lot. The crowd was wild, and then Sting and Darby versus Paige and Sky. This was just I mean, Sting looks so good. Like the man is mm-hmm. sixty-two years old, and he was out there moving quickly and believably. Um, yeah. He was out there. He gets suplexed on the rampway, and I, I was you were you were two <laughs> seconds ahead of me in the thing, mm-hmm. and every once in a while you go, "Oh my god." And then we go, oh, what? Something's about to happen. And then he gets suplexed. I was like, oh, shit, that's that's fucked up. And then <laughs> I can't remember which of the two suplexed him, but they turn his Sky, back to him. Scorpio and Sky. then Sting pops up immediately and no-sells it. And I was like, that's the greatest no-sell of all time. <laughs> and he just drops Scorpio Sky. And then the two of them are down beside the stage. And Sting takes off his shirt so we get to see no shirt sting for the first mm-hmm. time in aw and he does a crossbody dive off the stage and i almost took my shirt off when that happened it's <laughs> <laughs> like you oh my god your shirt too um yeah he had about four stinger splashes in this match um mm-hmm. yeah there was just this he just did so many things that you didn't think was possible in this. Yeah. And Darby took some crazy bumps. The best one was an amazing gorilla press oh where God, Ethan Page picked him up and tossed him from the ring into the first row of wrestlers. And I have since found out that the the two people he landed on were his brothers. Yeah, they said that on commentary. Which is uh, cool. They, they said that's his brothers that he threw him on. <laughs> I, th- I just thought like, Oh, it's the brothers. It's the wrestlers, brother. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, I got you. <laughs> I thought that's what they meant. Like, oh, it's his brothers. No, it's not. Uh, not that kind of brother, brother. His actual brothers. <laughs> yeah, and then there's a really nice spot where the two illegal men had the two legal men in mm-hmm. in submissions. So it was uh, Sting had Scorpio Sky in the. And the Scorpion Deathlock and and um, no, Scorpio had Darby in the Mm -hmm. heel hook, and Sting had Ethan Page in the Deathlock. So uh, so Darby and Ethan Page were looking face to face at each other, and they're both screaming and they're in pain, and they're just slapping each other in the Mm -hmm. face, going back and forth, scratching each other's eyes and stuff. And then uh, Darby's yelling at uh, at Sting and Scorpio going, you're not legal. You're not legal. Get out. <laughs> it, was, it was really good. I loved it. It was a really well orchestrated spot there. And then Sting's hot tags were so well done. Um, like he was on the apron. You know that old video of Undertaker? When he's on the apron and yeah, he's, he's trying to get crazy. the hot tag and mm-hmm. he's shaking Dumping the water on himself. <laughs> he's running back and forth. That's what Sting was doing mm-hmm. on the apron. And it was amazing. And he comes in like the Undertaker and he's just hitting them with splashes. He's he's running wild as fast as a sixty two year old can. And he's going at it with Sky and he goes for the splash. Um 
but Sky counters it, leading to Sky going for the springboard cutter from the apron. Sting blocks that and counters it right into the death drop. Brilliant ending. One, two, three. This was everything I think anybody could have wanted from this match. Oh, yeah, this is exceeded my expectation because I thought they were going to do the. Once Scorpio hit him with the uh, suplex on the outside, I was like, oh, okay. I, I thought they were going to do the thing where Sting gets beat up. He's hurt for a long time. He comes back, gets the hot tag, couple moves, Scorpion death drop finish. But this vastly exceeded my expectations, and I loved it. Yeah. I'm but, sure Sting's going to be in bed for a month after this. <laughs> yeah. He took. He hit a code red, too. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the best code red, but hell, he's I don't 62, care. so I'll give I it I don't to care. Him. 62. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. I do not care. Um yeah, I the one thing I will say, this is outside of the match, and this is despite his ring work, because I think his ring work is amazing, is Scorpio Sky's direction now. I <laughs> don't know what they're doing with him, and this I don't know what his future is with the company. Because um, I know he has he has recently said, I think he said in an interview that his contract is coming up because we're in the third year now and lots of people started with the company with three-year contracts and he has said that in order for him to resign he needs to uh see a he needs to see how this last year goes mm-hmm. and um he needs to see some see, see a good future for himself because he's not young he looks a lot younger than he is yeah. Um he's he's in his late thirties. Yeah, I think he's like thirty seven. So he's like Kenny. He's up he's up there and but Kenny's in the main event picture. Like Scorpio Sky is a uh singles guy who got put into a tag team and has otherwise been a mid carter in middling feuds. Mm-hmm. Um so I I actually think he's probably like people always talk about who's the first guy who's going to leave AEW. He's one of those guys. I think he. Yeah. I don't think he's long for the AEW world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's kind of similar like Joey Janela. I don't think Joey Janela is long for the AEW world. I think some of these mid card guys were probably gonna move on. I don't know where Joey Janela goes. He just may go back to the Indies. I mean, yeah, he does all the indie stuff he likes to yeah, do now. Yeah, he might anyway, just, still, he might just so. stick around and collect the paycheck and still do the indies. Mm-hmm. He essentially told Tony Khan, he's like, yeah, I'm going to go do some indie shows, bye. Yeah. <laughs> he said that. He's like, I just told him I'm doing indies now. <laughs> I started doing that. Joey Janela doesn't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Um, which is cool. But yeah, I don't know. And like, you can... You can sort of see uh, Ethan Page being the guy between, like, in this team, the guy who's elevating. Mm -hmm. Like, Ethan Page seems to be gaining more from this partnership right now. Uh, I hate to say that Scorpius guy is turning into the Janetti of this group. I don't want to. I don't want (laughs) to call him the Janetti because Janetti's a mess. But, but, uh, yeah, he's. Like when they do like their their promos where the two of them are doing the promos and like Scorpius guys is normally okay at best and then Ethan Page's is much better. And like Ethan Page 
gets all the really cool spots. Um, mm-hmm. But Scorpio Sky is still a fantastic worker. And if it wasn't for Scorpio Sky, that match wouldn't have been nearly as cool because he mm-hmm. really sold for Sting there. Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, I'm just... Yeah, I just think it's interesting because he's the first guy to bring up the fact that his contract is coming to an end. So I'm like, yeah. okay, here we go. This is yeah, this is I the... could definitely see him being the the first guy to go from AEW to NXT, and then there's going to be just get ready. There's going to be a million reports. Is AEW is there trouble in AEW? No, <laughs> is the, there's turnover in professional wrestling yeah. all the time. Um, yeah, so it's it's interesting because another guy to watch out for Jericho will be. I think he's in his mm-hmm. contract year as well. Yeah, what? well, I know his band. Uh, thought they were doing like starting in July, like a pretty big tour. Mm-hmm. So he may just take time off to go do that. It, who knows how much time he even has wrestling? Mm-hmm. He might start. Well, I saw um, an interview where he's saying he wants to go back to New Japan because there's four guys he there he hasn't wrestled yet that he wants to. And it was White. That's interesting. Abushi, Suzuki, and I forget the fourth one now, but it was oh Jay White. Uh, Kota Bushi and Minoru Suzuki and, and the uh, fourth guy, but those are, he wants to wrestle them before he's finished. Those are fascinating. Uh, is it is the other one? Um, there's two guys I would think it would be um, Sonata maybe or um, Ishii. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't. I don't want to have time to look it up. But yeah, or. or uh, Possibly Tan- Takahata. Tan- yeah. I can't remember his name. Minoru. <laughs> I just want to see Jericho versus Minoru Suzuki now. That'd be yeah, a those, crazy match. Those, uh, those matches are fascinating. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's get to uh, this next. I, I slotted this in here because I don't remember where it was in the show, but I think this is the time that it happened. Tony, should, I think. Tony Schiavone comes out and he says, "Hey, you know what? Uh, guess who's joined AW? Mark Henry. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Henry comes out, gets a massive pop, um, which is crazy. He is like he's as WWE as it gets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, they trained him because he went from powerlifting to wrestling in WWE, and he's a he's a huge get for." multiple reasons they said that he's going to be an ana- an analyst and coach um mm-hmm. i don't know if that means commentary on elevation um he's going to be on dynamite this week he's going to talk about what's mm-hmm. coming for him so that's well, they, cool because tony also said something about the the new show rampage so maybe he's going to do the uh commentary for that show yeah he's going to be involved somehow he he mm-hmm. could be an interviewer on uh on rampage i don't know but him as a coach is fascinating. Him as a recruiter is incredible because the people that he brought into WWE is mm-hmm. very, very impressive. Like he would go out to like these athletic competitions outside of wrestling and bring in some legit talent. Like he brought in, um, oh, I can't remember her name. She's got the title right now. Bianca Belair. He brought in Bianca Belair is his top mm-hmm. get, but he's brought in quite a few different well, people. Uh, in AEW, I watched uh, Jade 
on a, like in a chiropractor video, and she's saying Mark Henry's the one who discovered her. Yeah, she's another one that he discovered. Like he mm-hmm. discovers these freak athletes, mm-hmm. and and he brings them in, and he's very very good at that. He's like the modern day Jr. in mm-hmm. terms of recruiting. Um, yeah, so that's very interesting, and apparently. Uh, he and Leo Rush had a beef in the past, and and Leo Rush, when we saw Leo, and then we saw Mark Henry, and everyone was like, well, so much for Leo. <laughs> <laughs> um, apparently, uh, Leo Rush put out a tweet. He said, everyone's been asking me. I, Mark Henry and I had a long talk in the back, and we talked it out. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're good, and I'm looking forward to the future. So... That's very good news. Mm-hmm. I mean, stick Mark stick Mark Henry with the task of bringing in Leo Rush. Um, That's funny. Did I talk about the handshake deal yet with Leo? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, but there's potential there for him to come on more long term. But yeah, so yeah, the handshake deal is interesting because yeah, there's a few people who have in all but with their name on the dotted line have been exclusively AEW without legally being able to be AEW mm-hmm. signees. Um, yeah. So then now we have the triple threat and this was Kenny versus orange Cassidy versus pack. And this match was fucking awesome. Yeah. This match was amazing. I love this match. And it's amazing that this match was, I mean, it's it's not amazing in the sense that you know that these workers can put on an incredible match, but they they put on a match with so much drama and that it was so thrilling, mm-hmm. despite knowing absolutely who was going to win, without a doubt. Going into this, everybody everybody knew it was Kenny Omega was going to retain, and yet three or four or five different times. Me and everyone else watching and everyone in that building um, bit on these near falls. Mm-hmm. I bit yeah, completely were... to the point where, like, we were having conversations while watching. It was just like, oh, my God, I think they're going to put it on on uh, on Orange Cassidy. And you're like, yeah, but then their whole storyline that they've been building for <laughs> months doesn't work. I was like, oh, yeah, fuck, sorry. They just, <laughs> they, <laughs> they fucked with me. me. They're so good at uh laying out this match that they are altering how I'm thinking about it. Like I'm just forgetting the reality that Kenny can't lose this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that thought completely left my brain throughout this match multiple times. It was really cool. Um, Orange Cassidy shows that you can absolutely do a comedy wrestler at the highest level in pro wrestling, which Mm -hmm. who fucking thought like we didn't even know um, a year and a half ago, we didn't know how they were ever going to have Orange Cassidy in any match. Yeah. And now he's in a main event match where yeah. I bought three times in the match on him actually winning the title off of Kenny Omega, the best wrestler in the world. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Like, that is incredible matchmaking. Um, Yeah, I thought Orange Cassidy was going to hang back more in this match. He did not. 
um, he was very much more involved than I thought he was going to be. Yeah, I thought he was going to do the, his lackadaisical thing and let Kenny and Pac beat each other up and then just try to make pinfalls every once in a while. He did do that, but mm-hmm. he did it. He was much quicker about it. Like, yeah, he was. He was like a sneaky Orange Cassidy instead of an mm-hmm. instead of a lazy Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Like he was a. Uh, he was picking his spots, but he wasn't at all being the sloth. That's <laughs> not what he was doing. Um, and yeah, the the triple threat. This is the first one we've seen since Dynamite started in AEW. Um, this is a match. This is one of those matches that WWE has done a lot of. Um, there's a lot of WWE matches that AEW has done their version of. Mm-hmm. And this is one that they perfected. Um, yeah. So unlike unlike the ladder match or the battle royale, which I think AEW still hasn't really done a. Maybe they've done a good battle royale. They've definitely they've only done one good ladder match, and that was the Bucks. Yeah, the, their first one. <laughs> and <laughs> since then, their ladder matches have been shit. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. They're just they just haven't put together the formula yet. Um, they got to learn from learn from Christian on that one. But this one, yeah. this one, they perfected this one. This was, this was legit. Probably the best triple threat I've ever seen. Um, mm-hmm. The top rope work in this match and the near falls were picture perfect. They had me, as I said, they had me questioning myself and biting on all those false finishes. Yeah, I loved how yeah. Cassidy was. As I said, he was always lying in wait to blindside whoever was standing in the ring. Like after an exchange in the ring where someone gets a move, Cassidy was always there to blindside the guy who was left standing every yeah. time. He was always was awesome. there. He's just like, he's like, ah, yes. And now I come in for a tornado DDT. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pack hit a 450 splash onto a bridging pinning combination that Kenny and Cassidy were in, which was awesome. That was so awesome it's so cool and i don't know i don't have enough adjectives to describe how cool it looked it was it was amazing it was so brutal uh orange cassidy countered a a super snapdragon with <laughs> with his pockets with putting his hands in his pockets and it i swear to god got the biggest pop of the match was him yeah, countering was, was kenny's uh, it's like he gets super strength from his pockets like the crowd was going insane as he was breaking the grip with the pockets mm-hmm. and then the dueling brain buster sequence was chilling i think it was like pack hit uh someone hit a brain buster on one guy or like no pack it like a uh blue thunder brain buster on one guy and then orange cassidy mm-hmm. came in and did a brain buster on him and they were just yeah. it was uh, then pack it an avalanche falcon arrow and Kenny only for Orange Cassidy to push Pack out of the ring, <laughs> allowing Cassidy to get a near fall, which was yeah, really funny. That um, falcon arrow off the top rope that Pack did was a thing of beauty. Like that was so clean looking. Yeah, and so violent. <laughs> so like I just love it's so funny. He hits a uh, he hits Kenny with that move. And it's just like Kenny's just dead, and then Orange Cassie comes in and just just shoots Pack out of a cannon out of the ring, mm-hmm. and Cassie's just like, "I'm just gonna take this pin." Thank yeah. you, <laughs> thank you for your yeah. That near fall almost got me. I was like, "Oh, oh." And then 
Pat, and this is the the coolest part of the match was Pat countered the one winged angel into a brutalizer. So it was like mm-hmm. a crucifix brutalizer. So he's in yeah. the air across Kenny's back while Kenny's standing there. And this is actually how he beat him the first time was doing mm-hmm. this exact same thing. Um, this is how Kenny um, tore his rotator cuff, I believe, which he's been battling for since AEW started. I don't know if he still mm-hmm. is. But uh, then while he's doing that, Orange Cassie runs in. Orange punch on uh, to, to Kenny right in the face. Kenny falls backwards into the ropes, which breaks the hold. Pack goes tumbling outside the ring. And then Orange... Orange Cassidy punches Kenny in the face, sending... Oh, we already did that. Um, then <laughs> Orange Cassidy then lays out both Kenny and and Orange and Pack with Orange Punches. He's all fired up. It looks like he's going to win. He's slapping the ropes. The crowd's going insane. Like, this is the most fired up I've ever seen Orange Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, like, he most was, animated he looked he's like, ever been in his life. He looked like friggin' the Ultimate Warrior, like, shaking the ropes. Like, he was... <laughs> He's getting all fired up. And then you hear Don Callis yell, oh, shit, shit, <laughs> on the mic. And he runs down from commentary when this happens because he sees the writings on the wall. He's like, okay, mm-hmm. Orange Cassidy's going to win. So Orange Cassidy, the, he hits Pack with, like, Pack stumbles back to his feet. He's out on his feet, and he hits him with another orange punch. Pack goes down, spread eagle like fucking Jesus. He's, <laughs> he's lying on the canvas. Um Orange Cassidy goes goes for the pin because Pack is out, and Don Callis pulls Bryce Rensburg, the ref, out of the ring. The crowd starts chanting "Fuck you, Don! Fuck you, Don!" Mm-hmm. like so loud. Yeah, and I was like, "This is like soccer level volume of this chant," and I was I was like, "This is this is what the live crowd can do." Like the I had chills from this it was a fuck you dawn chant mm-hmm. like yeah. it was so i was like this is amazing like this is some of the best wrestling atmosphere i've ever seen and then and then pack got orange cassidy into the brutalizer and again this is how he beat orange cassidy last time and this time omega he comes in the ring and he he's kicking pack to try and break the hold and pack's looking up at him like fuck you, I'm not breaking this hold. He's kicking him. He's like, fuck you, I'm not breaking this hold. So Kenny's like, oh, what the fuck do I do? He looks over at Bryce Rensburg. He's like, oh. So he hits Bryce Rensburg, the ref. Knocks him out cold. Um, And this is a a no DQ match because it's a triple threat. So that's legal. He can do that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, then while Kenny is celebrating, Oh, wait, no, sorry. Don Callis, then. And this is so funny. He slides in. I think it's the TNA title. And Kenny picks it up, and he cracks Pac over the head with it. And then Pac, get, Pac slowly gets back up. He's like, toss me another title. And then he t- he sends in the AAA title. He hits him with that title. He hits him with... He keeps tossing in the titles, and he keeps hitting him with... And then mm-hmm. he gently passes him the AEW title, and then he hits him with that one, and while Kenny's holding up that title, uh, celebrating what he thinks is a sure win, Orange Cassidy um, hits him, blindsides him with another orange punch, 
knocking Kenny out. Um, Orange Cassidy goes for the goes for the pin, but as we saw, there's no ref, and Aubrey Edwards uh, races into the ring and. Everybody bet on this because we've seen this so many times in wrestling that the mm-hmm. other ref runs in, does the three count, and that's it. She goes one, two. Kenny rolls him up in a crucifix. One, two, three. Yeah. And this was perfect. Yeah, I loved it so much. I saw some people online saying they didn't like the finish, but I loved it. Here's the thing: is like some people, like no matter what, they're just like. All screwy finishes are bad. No, mm-hmm. not all screwy finishes are bad. Bad screwy finishes are bad. This yeah. was a perfect screwy finish. Mm-hmm. You can do a screwy finish well. You can do a DQ well. You can do a time limit stoppage well. You can do all these things well. It's like jokes. It's like comedy. It's like mm-hmm. when it's bad comedy, it's bad. When it's good comedy, it's good. It's like, I don't know. It's silly. It's like you can do all these things really well. Yeah, this I loved everything about this match. This is definitely my match of the night. It was so much fun. The the dynamic between the three guys was great. It just I can't say enough good things about this match. I loved the ending with the quick roll up by Kenny, just escaping barely by the skin of his teeth. Off of Orange Cassidy yeah. of all people. Mm-hmm. Which is even better. Like yeah. Orange Cassidy's a made man now. They can yeah. say they could safely put the belt on Orange Cassidy and it would work. Mm-hmm. We know that now. It's proven. They just proved it, that, that you could do that and the fans would absolutely support that. And he shows that he can have those matches as well. He can have big matches against these guys, so you don't have to worry about that. He's in their element now. He's in their world, in their orbit. And I think that he's shown in some of his promo work and some of his character work. Like, I can't remember who said it, but someone said, imagine him, like Orange Cassidy, doing the late night circuit with the AEW title. <laughs> Just sitting there and, like... Like, imagine those interviews. It would be and... so funny. Mm-hmm. It would be... Or, like, having him on, like, uh, breakfast television and stuff. It would be so good, mm-hmm. like Good Morning America. It'd just be the funniest yeah, thing. Actually... It'd be really funny. He's a star. He's an absolute star. And, like, he... This is the most indie gimmick that anyone has ever had. Aside from, like, mm-hmm. dressing as some stuffy. Or, like, some fluffy. Yeah. And, like, wrestling like that. It's, like, crazy. Yeah. And it's gotten hugely over. I mean, the crowd is so into him all night. And he can't take anything away from Pac in this match or Kenny. They all... Everyone did everything perfectly in this match. It was great. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't believe it. It was. It was so good. Let's uh. Let's move on to the next match. Mm-hmm. Okay. So next we had the Stadium Stampede, and uh, this was good. Um, it was good. Yeah. It it came at the end because uh, this show's what four hours. Mm-hmm. So I mean, four hours of wrestling is still four hours or something. So it's a lot. But this match was fun. If I thought it was maybe a little long, but. I mean, I don't know how you can make this any shorter. So yeah, complaint. It's just these types of matches are always long. There's a couple like really short segments in it that you could have cut, but you can't really because each each guy or each pairing has to have their moment, and Mm -hmm. the moments themselves weren't that long. 
Yes, it's a it's a thirty minute match, and you had like four pairings. So when you think of that, they actually don't have that much time each. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, this started with MJF. He comes out in a limo, and he comes out of the limo, and he's looking around, and he doesn't see anybody. He's like, "Oh, I guess they're not here." And then the inner circle repels down. Like SEAL Team 6 or some shit. Which coming was... Coming down the scoreboard. <laughs> really funny and really corny. And mm-hmm. the one thing that I think everybody wanted was that this this stadium stampede wouldn't be corny and funny. Which there's only... You can only get away from the corniness and the fun and the comedy so much in this... Mm-hmm. Uh, in this stipulation or in this um, gimmick. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously, there's always going to be an element of this. And then they get in. Oh yeah. Then FTR and the rest of the pinnacle, they come in on FTR's truck and they all start brawling. And this is the initial five minutes of this match. And it's not specific to this stadium stampede match. It's the other one as well. I think the first five minutes are shit. I just yeah, I just, just do not like back it. And forth. Where they just sort of walk and brawl mm-hmm. around the ring at center field and it's just kind of it's kind of bore it's both boring and chaotic which mm-hmm. are not two adjectives you really expect to hear together but here we are. Um yeah. like the the camera's cutting to each uh each pairing of guys really quickly and they're not really doing anything interesting. And they do this for like the first few minutes and they did it in the last one as well. And then the rest of the match is great. It's just how it is. They have to then separate off into their, into their uh, pairings. And then it gets quite mm-hmm. fun. And yeah, like the last stampede, they separate off, they go, they're battling around the building. Um, Jericho starts, <laughs> Jericho and MJF are battling through catering they battle yeah. into Erman Meyer's locker room um, where they toss some footballs and yeah. launches footballs at MJF. <laughs> yeah, he's throwing footballs at MJF. Uh, he breaks uh, Meyer's computer over his head, which is cool. Yeah, um, he's like, thanks, coach. <laughs> that made me laugh. Erman <laughs> Meyer's is like, what the fuck? Afterwards, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, then they, they battled into the Jaguars tape room. Um, where they watch, where they watch back the the footage of the game. So they're battling in there. He hit MJF with the whiteboard, which was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Hager and Wardlow square off, as we knew they would, it's it's a fucking hoss fight. It's like you're mm-hmm. watching an action movie, which is yeah. really cool. Um, they battled into a meat locker, and this is where. Wardlow tried to shank Hager with an icicle. That was funny. He just ripped it off the wall. <laughs> he's Is just, that an icicle? <laughs> he's just holding an icicle like a like a blade. And they're like, wait, is he holding an icicle? Is he just trying to stab him? <laughs> so good. I loved it. Um, and yeah, very much just an action movie slugfest. Um, just two meatheads going to town. And then Sammy's searching for Spears. And he finds him alone in, I guess, a room where they store all the chairs in -hmm. Daly's place. It's just like a shrine to chairs. And he's sitting there in this dark room with a spotlight on himself. And he's holding a chair, sitting in a a chair like a cool teacher, backwards (laughs) waiting for him. 
super 90s guy. And then they just have just a crazy Daredevil-esque fight scene. Um, it's all kinds of crazy choreography. Um, Sammy's jumping off walls, like hitting him with like flying elbows and parkour jump kicks. Yeah, he looks like Eddie Gordo from uh, Tekken. Yeah, he does the Eddie Gordo spot, like the capoeira <laughs> head kick, which is cool. Um, they're wielding these chairs like battle axes, like they're like fucking hitting them and blocking them. Each each other is like watching a Star Wars like lightsaber scene, but with chairs. Um, I appreciated the amount of times that these two battled in and around scissor lifts, um, <laughs> considering the amount of anxiety that AEW have for watching Sammy Guevara around bat- wrestling around scissor lifts after what happened with him and Jeff Hardy. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, there felt like there was as many scissor lifts as there was chairs at one point yeah. in the frame. I was like, this is too much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's each their weapon of choice, scissor lifts versus chairs. Spears managed to escape by handcuffing Sammy to a, like a big shelf unit. Mm-hmm. However, when he left, Sammy was able saw bolt cutters and was able to escape to make an appearance later on. And then next we saw this was this is a really funny part. Next we saw Santana and Ortiz. They enter into they're looking for FTR and they enter into what's like a club or like a disco area mm-hmm. that they have in in uh, Daly's place. I don't know if this is a place that they normally have. I guess they do have that. There's one. When I've gone to see Maple Leafs games, they have like a little bar area. So maybe it's like that. It's like mm-hmm. disco. It's dimly lit. It's got like yeah. club lights like... and music going. There's some people having drinks and stuff. <laughs> and they see FTR and Tully at the back of this club. And they're dressed <laughs> like they're in Roadhouse. Yeah, the cowboy boots, like the handkerchiefs and everything. It was funny. Like cut off, uh, cut off shirts. Mm-hmm. Like a... My God, like Tully looked like he's like he's on a calendar, <laughs> like the pose <laughs> that he's in. Like, oh my goodness, he looked like he's at a Chippendale. Like he was a Chippendale. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw people posting because yeah, the like the purple lighting and stuff. They said like Happy Pride Month because June's Pride Month. Oh yeah, <laughs> it looked like uh, they looked like they're about to ride out on a float. Mm-hmm. Um, it was amazing. Yeah, they they looked like they were. Like they were dressed like they were extras in Roadhouse, um, yeah. <laughs> and then Tully brings. Well, <laughs> first of all, first they FD- beat everyone up in the bar. Yeah, first of all, FTR and uh, Santana Ortiz just beat up all the patrons, like just <laughs> just start smashing bottles over their heads, which is funny. Again, very Roadhouse. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then they sit down at a table, and Tully pours them all drinks. And they they all take a drink, and then Santana looks over at the DJ. He goes like, "Hey DJ!" And the DJ looks up, and it's Conan. And Conan gives him a yeah. nod, and he changes the music to some fight music. And then they just start throwing hands. Yeah, and it is just a pier six brawl. It's just a bar fight. They just have a bar fight. And um, yeah, and Santana and Ortiz are like the first people to actually try to win the match. They keep pinning. Trying to pin FTR. Which is really funny. In the middle of this <laughs> bar fight, they keep trying to, like, get a quick two count. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> like try to roll up <laughs> like mm-hmm. surprise roll up is is very funny i laughed every time they did that um at one point santana just stabbed tully in the head yeah <laughs> i don't know i didn't he, see what he had i, I couldn't tell if it was like a, pla- a knife or like a plastic knife or it was like a a wooden spike which would be very appropriate to stab tully mm-hmm. with considering that he is famous for stabbing magnum ti with a with a wooden spike um now we go back to mjf and jericho and they're still battling through the through the jaguars facilities jericho staples a piece of paper that says thank you on mjf's forehead which was nice mjf pile drives jericho on a really solid that staple spot i did not expect no not at at all all. like even i know this match is gonna be crazy but a staple spot i was not expecting (laughs) no not from jericho um (laughs) mjf maybe not jericho um the mjf pile drives jericho on a solid wood table and then somehow finds a very very conveniently placed hammer yeah, that made me laugh. It's like, what's a hammer doing in an office? It did, <laughs> didn't make any sense, but he finds this hammer, and he tries to essentially departed Jericho's injured mm-hmm. cast arm. Um, tries to do the Leonardo DiCaprio scene. Um, then Jericho wriggles free. He, flying, he finds Floyd the bat. He nails MJF right between the eyes with the bat. And they somehow made the thunk sound and it got me i was like oh god <laughs> it was good it was really good um they had to have added that in post mm-hmm. um because he hit him yeah, again cause... at one point and again it was like tunk like, yeah, ah, there's no way no Jesus. way just taking a, an aluminum bat shot to the face so. um yeah then they they battle their way out onto the upper balcony back in with the fans um so they're battling out into the stands and MJF gets a nut shot on the uh, on the guardrail, which looked painful. And Jr. and Tony had a great back and forth there. One of them yells at, "Oh my God! I hope he's wearing a cup!" And then the other one yells, <laughs> "I hope he's not," <laughs> which is which is funny. And then MJF, he's got Jericho leaning out over the balcony with his mm-hmm. arm supporting himself over top of the balcony like he's really close to falling to his death here yeah like it was it was a terrifying and harrowing looking spot um like far scarier than anything that we saw in blood and guts which is impressive um they shot it from below which was really nice <laughs> so they had a, like a really like wide shot from below for um, to just to show the sheer height of Jericho leaning out there. And then Jericho fights off MJF. He gets him up for a powerbomb and powerbombs him through a table that for some reason was up in the stands up there. doesn't yeah. matter. It, it was yeah, well, you can see they had that whole little section cleared out. Like there's no fans there at all. And they had t- caution tape around it. Yeah, it was like and a production a, area. A table. So I'll give yeah, him that. that. That's what they tried to make it look like with like a camera sitting there and stuff. Yeah, so he powerbombs him through that, which was cool. Um. Yeah, then the, here the, the crowd's going absolutely nuts at this point because they were fighting in the crowd, and it's mm-hmm. just amazing to see that now, given we've gone a year and a half, um, without. So that was cool. Um. Then, then we see Sammy. He's getting 
He's getting chased. He's a uh, Sammy. That yeah, okay. He's chasing down Spears in the golf cart, which is mm-hmm. nice. Sammy's finally nice in the golf back. cart. He's he's chasing down Spears. He hits him. He's chasing him out to the ring, and they battle into the ring. There's a nice. There's essentially a nice satisfying match. Short match between these two guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, in front of the fans, the fans are going ballistic. Um, Spears hits Sammy twice with two very stiff chair shots. That one where Sammy was kneeling was, oh, that was so, like, the camera angle was so good, but you could see Sammy, how he took it, but it just, the camera angle made it look awful. Yeah, he, he, they, they did it really safely, but the noise, Mm -hmm. like, Spears hit him hard with that chair, because that noise, the, the noise sounded like he hit him in the head, but he hit him in mm-hmm. the armpit. Yeah. Um, and then Sammy, however, he was able to overcome uh, Spears. He hit him with the with the GTH, which is so cool. Such a cool move. And then he hits him with the curb stomp into the chair in the corner. And then, which is what Spears did to him when the pinnacle was first form. Absolutely. And then he hits him with the 630 senton for the 1 2 3. And as we go off the air, like a, the euphoric crowd is seeing Judas at the top of their lungs <laughs> with the inner circle all in the ring. Like this was a really cool, like I had chills when they were singing that at the end. Yeah. And like they they went fully acapella at one point. They cut the music and the fans were just belting it out without the music. And I was like, <laughs> this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever seen. And it was a really, again, a really surprising finish between those two guys. I was not expecting that. And it was, it was again, a nice propping up of another young star to get the pop in front of the fans. Yeah. They did this all night. He's he's the one who quit um, during the blood and guts match. So it's cool that he got the win in this match. Yeah. This this was Sammy's moment. Like we had Hangman with the moment. We had Jungle Boy with the moment. We had Britt Baker with the moment. We had Sammy with the moment. All of those guys were on the indies uh, three years ago. <laughs> That's so cool. I just absolutely loved it. This show felt like a game changer. Um, it felt yeah. like this is yeah. This the, is definitely uh, like a like a like a season premiere or something for AEW now that the fans are back and the, the the one unfortunate thing is it's kind of hard for them to capitalize on it right now with the time slot they're in for dynamite mm-hmm. with all the shakeups that excuse me with all the shakeups that are currently happening due to the, the NBA playoffs like yeah, i know stupid, last week's stupid show stupid fake sports Last week's show didn't do the greatest ratings because it was on Friday at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, it did like 500,000 or whatever, which is their lowest. But Yeah, but you got to put an asterisk by that. Oh, of not... course. Yeah, I, I don't care at all. But it's just, <laughs> it's it's hard to build momentum when it's like, oh, this is special. Oh, but pump the brakes. Like, the it's sort of like a little stop and start, like a little stuttered momentum. Because mm-hmm. you can tell that the fans really you can tell that this is the the snow the snowball is going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger here but it can't go with the momentum that it should have right now because 
like every week it's on a different or a different uh a different day and a different time and a different mm-hmm. this and that so like we'll we'll see it but not quite yet um, the NBA Finals and all that end in June, right? So it shouldn't mm-hmm. be too much. Oh yeah, and then once they go to TBS, that shit's done. Yeah, they don't like they won't get preempted anymore because TBS does not have anything to preempt them. Yeah. So, yeah. What as this was going off the air, what were your thoughts? Uh, I I loved it. the The match was fun. Uh, had a lot of cool creative stuff in it. I loved the FTR and uh, Proud and Powerful segment that's probably my favorite like portion or the the like stapler alumina bat part was really good too uh but yeah it was a lot of fun it was uh, it, they were trying to say it's gonna be a lot more brutal but it had a lot of comedy spots in it but these types of matches you kind of got to do the comedy stuff otherwise it, it just gets kind of weird mm-hmm. so you have to play into the absurdity of it of wrestling in like office offices and like workspaces and stuff so yeah it's, but yeah it was a fun and i love the show overall and this is a really good 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 night of AEW. yeah the this it's funny going into it this wouldn't have been the booking i would have chosen for this match mm-hmm. like i generally think that inner circle has run its course they've been going for essentially two years now or how long? I think it, they're just. Someone said three years. I don't it was think the first night. I don't think it's been that long, but like since the first dynamite. Um, yeah, it doesn't seem. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have booked them to win. However, seeing that reaction at the end with the crowd going off the air singing Judas, mm-hmm. like they're. I don't think even the most jaded fan could be upset with that yeah i really thought they're gonna lose because like i was saying earlier jericho's going on tour soon so i was like oh that's perfect break him up and he can go do his tour and but they i think they still got to do an mjf uh jericho singles match i think they're gonna do one last big thing i don't know if it'll be a i don't know if it'll be a big team match like this maybe it'll be Jericho versus MJF as the send-off. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, you kind of have to do FTR versus Santana or Ortiz as well. I think mm-hmm. maybe this is where they start doing the individual singles to lead up to MJF versus yeah, Jericho at, definitely. I guess, All Out. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. this they're, It's just kind of a bummer to think that these two teams have to keep going with this feud. That's the only... Yeah, because I don't thing. know what they can do after for either team. I'm not really Pinnacle's not Because but... Pinnacle's not going to go for the world title yet because Kenny's the champ and he's a heel. Well, here's the thing. I think, I think the world title picture is... It seems fairly linear in that it looks mm-hmm. like it's going to be Hangman, to, who's going to be the next champion. And then the next champion after that is probably MJF. Mm-hmm. And then beyond that, I don't know, maybe Jungle Boy. Yeah. Um, actually, that actually makes a ton of sense considering their their rivalry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good. At least a good first feud for MJF. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny how that is. It's like um, 
AEW is it's a little like the I love that the stories make sense and that you you see the story happening and they don't abandon the storylines for anything. Yeah. You can see it laid out ahead of time and you can see okay, this is what they're going to, this is what they're going to, uh, what they're building towards, and they always get there. Like we knew Kenny was going to come back, find himself, and take the belt off Moxley a year before it happened. And then we all know that uh Hangman's gonna come back and take the belt off Kenny. It's it's almost a it's like a it's a double edged sword. It's like there's no surprise there. Mm-hmm. Like you can't have the surprise change in the title, which takes a little bit of the excitement away. But I want them to fulfill these storylines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's yeah. like it's like it's like hmm, you have to sort of weigh it. And I guess that's why you have the TNT title or mm-hmm. the or the tag yeah, titles sure. to uh to do these shocks. But I think I I think I prefer prefer a good storyline to a to surprises, if that makes sense. Yeah. And you can do surprises outside of the title picture. You don't have to oh, yeah. save them for the title. Totally. And they have. Like Jungle Boy winning the Battle Royale at this show. Like that's a big surprise, but it's cool. Yeah. Well the, the and that's sort of what I mean is that you know Jungle Boy's not winning the title off of Kenny. Which <laughs> ideally you'd like that to be able to think that he could. But yeah. because you but know they'll, Hangman they'll probably get us with some Because you know that falls. Hangman is the guy getting it next. Mm-hmm. Uh Jungle Boy's not gonna win. But when that match happens, it's gonna be like the triple threat where we knew the ending and yet it was the match of the They're night. They're still going to get us. Regardless, yeah. <laughs> on the best pay-per-view of the year. So, <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we actually have quite a few matches for next week. Um, if I look at them here, the first one here is... Actually, we didn't talk about this, but Nick Camarado, he got eliminated in the Battle Royale, and then he came back with the bull rope and hit Dustin in the head with the cowbell. So it's going to be Dustin Rhodes versus Nick Camarado in a bull rope match next week. We mm-hmm. predicted this um, weeks ago yeah. um, with their little rivalry that they've been doing, constantly bringing the bull rope into the uh, into the ring. This is going to be awesome. I'm really excited for this. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully Nick Camarado wins. I think I he does. Dustin, but you yeah. never know. Somebody in the stable needs to get a win for Cody's table. Yeah, Dustin Rhodes. Um, Dustin Rhodes loses. Like, yeah, somebody has to get a win that's not over the guns. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. only it's only been Billy Gunn and Austin Gunn that's lost a match. Um, yeah, Dustin wins a lot, so we'll see. He tends mm-hmm. to win all his feuds. Um, then we have the Young Bucks versus Pac and Penta in a non-title match. So that's interesting. That's pretty crazy. They're going straight to that. I know. In a non-title match of all things. It's kind of, it's kind of nuts. Um, Mm -hmm. Interesting to see where they go there. I, I tend to think we talked about it earlier. I tend to think that they're going to do young bucks eventually versus Jurassic express. I think off of the jungle boy versus Kenny match. They'll mm-hmm. sort of yeah. tie in that storyline. I think that's really cool. Jurassic Express. Like the Bucks are going to help Kenny win or something. Yeah, like the... Uh, the starts coming after him. The Elite versus Jurassic Express is kind of a 
interesting uh, rivalry that you can have a bunch of different matches there. <laughs> then we have Cody Rhodes and Lee Johnson versus QT Marshall and Anthony Gogo. So that feud is not done. Yeah. I fully expect QT and Gogo to win, but they're going to get the pin on Lee yes. Johnson. Yes. Hopefully Cody Rhodes. Most likely Lee Johnson. It's 100% Lee Johnson. <laughs> I know, but it, I'm mad at Cody. <laughs> so I want Cody to eat the pin. Um, then we have Mar- it's like Cody Rhodes was, a, was my wrestler of the year last year. <laughs> Look at all the <laughs> shit I'm talking about him now. God damn. Um, you do it because you love him so much. Yes, I, I want to see better. Um, mm-hmm. So then, then we have Mark Henry speaking. Last time they said this, they said we we're going to have Paul White speaking, and then Paul White wasn't on the air, so who knows? <laughs> like yeah. a lot of the times, they say someone's going to speak, and then they get interrupted by Taz. So yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> have Hobbs come out? That'd be a cool visual. Hobbs and Mark Henry. Absolutely, man. It'll be neat. So this Ted, yeah, this tends to make me think that Henry's got some storyline elements mm-hmm. tied into this because, yeah, analyst is interesting because they've called people commentators. They said people would be on the commentary booth. Yeah, but they they specifically called him an analyst, which is interesting, which is how Taz started really. Mm-hmm. Then we have Britt Baker in her championship celebration which will be cool. Um, I assume that we'll see her next opponent there, which will be quite fun. I'm sure. They, they did announce it, but I can almost guarantee there's going to be some sort of inner circle for council celebration or some one of those segments they always do. <laughs> the, inner count, the inner circle redemption circle. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> then in two weeks' time, we have Jungle Boy... Uh, who won the Casino Battle Royale. He will be facing Kenny Omega in two weeks. Whether it's Wednesday or Friday, we don't know. That's Mm -hmm. so exciting. That match is going to be incredible. We are finally seeing Jungle Boy in the main event picture, which is very fun. I'm Mm -hmm. ecstatic for that. Um, That is an absolute dream match for me. Um, I was... Me too. I was a huge fan of Jungle Boy before I knew that AEW even existed. Mm-hmm. So this is this is this is a dream come true for me. I love this. Yeah, and it's I don't even know if they've ever wrestled before. Maybe in like tag matches or something. But I no, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe a tag match, but I do. Well, because I think there was one where they fought Lucha Express. I think it was when Kenny was turning heel, because remember he was kind of picking yes, on uh, Marco yes, Stunt? Yes, yes, he was, uh, He wouldn't take his shirt off because he was facing yeah. Marco Stunt. Yeah. And then, uh, so then I, he, They may have crossed paths during that thing, but... Yes, they, they would have been involved there. It was probably a, a triple threat or maybe a tag <laughs> team match. Yeah. It was probably like Kenny and the Bucks versus... Versus all Lucha Express. Yeah. But yeah, so that's... that's It's just limited is what I'm getting at, but if it's ever even happened... So it's cool oh, to God, see a fresh is, match. I'm so excited. This is <laughs> that's a dream match. That's a legit dream match. Yeah. Me. All right. So I think uh, I think we're good to go. Um, yeah. So we will uh, we will see you guys later. Um, so I guess next week's episode is a Friday. So we'll be recording on a Saturday, which means it'll get uploaded on a Sunday, and. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this episode 
when it does drop, you will be seeing this. What day is it tomorrow? Tuesday. Tuesday. So this will be available tomorrow morning on Tuesday. All right. So, See you later. See you guys.